The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as the announcer announcer guy pointed out. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And by the way, it is the podcast where we tell the stories of your city through the voices of your city. I have two amazing guests today. Just briefly before we get to them, a reminder that pod617.com, we are the Boston Podcast Network. We produce podcasts. Would you like to be the next big podcast star? Come on, you can be a wicked big star. Go to pod617.com to get started. We'll produce the whole show for you. I'll tell you more about that later because now I have two great guests. So we're starting to think about traveling now, right? A little, maybe, I don't know. I'm actually supposed to go to Las Vegas at the end of June. My friends talked me into it. I don't know what it's going to be like to play blackjack wearing a mask. I'm not looking forward to that particular part of it, but I might be getting on the plane. And speaking of travel, we have two folks here who are involved in a mission and have been involved in missions to take kids on trips. Maggie Lenahan is here. She is the partnerships manager at EF Educational Tours. They're the ones that schedule those class trips for Middle schools, high, high, is it just middle school, high school, others? Or? Middle schools, high schools, and then our other yeah, divisions, we, we do it all from okay. uh, gap years, college tours, adult tours, family tours, but I work mostly with middle and high schools, yes. Cool. And also in the virtual studio, Kirsten Gallant, who's one of the group leaders from, works in the Canton school system, but really just one of the great soldiers of EF helping plan this. Anyway, welcome them both to the virtual studio. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Thank We're you excited so much. to talk travel. Yes, isn't it cool? Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I'm hearing numbers like 50% of the country has at least gotten the first shot, which is cool. There's a disturbing number of people that seem to refuse to get the shot. Nevertheless, there is <laughs> seems to be a corner to be turned. Kirsten, let's, let's start with you. How did you get involved in this particular project, and, and what is the particular trip or mission that you're working on? Well, I, I got involved because, you know, as you know, about a year ago, everything kind of shut down. And, and so then throughout the year, just in, I was supposed to actually lead a tour to Switzerland, mm. to Lucerne, and obviously that couldn't really happen. And so then our two youngest daughters are a high school age, one's going into ninth grade, and, and Maria is, is going into, she's going to be a junior but, you know, through all of this, you know, she was kind of having an off day and she said, I just really wanted to go to Paris, mm. you know, because I just, it just made me think of how time is so different for young people where, I mean, as much as it's a year is a, is a while for them, you know, it's kind of hard for them to uh, wrap their minds around that, that these things will be a possibility again. Mm-hmm. So I just thought it was really important. I mean, I believe in travel as a part of education, the the experience of travel, but just also to give young people something to look forward as we 
kind of pull out of this rough time that we've had. Right. And so the particular trip that that's coming up is what? You didn't say that already, did you? It's oh, okay. it's um <laughs> okay, it's a 10-day trip. Okay. April vacation 2022. Something to look forward to and goes uh, straight to Paris. We spend 3 to 4 days there and we we see the highlights of Paris, mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower, obviously the Louvre, going down the Champs-Élysées, all of those highlights. And then we take a fast train down to Provence, see the landscape, see, you know, Avignon, a lot of history, a lot of art. And I think, too, that, you know, just to get out of the capital city is important, Mm -hmm. you know, when you visit a country to really, really see what France is like. And, And in this case, Maria studies French. And then after we've spent a few days in Avignon in Provence, then we go up to Barcelona and we're going to see Park Güell mm-hmm. and Familia Sagrada and the Picasso Museum. Mm. How, about, um, how about a bullfight? Bullfight? No. No, not this time. <laughs> no. Probably well, better though. than I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mag- Maggie, let me jump over to you. Before we even talk about the how travel is hopefully knock on wood really coming back. Tell me how you got involved in this and, and really what you what you love about it. Yeah, so I love this question. I could talk about this all day, so I'll try <laughs> to keep it short. But I started working at EF about seven years ago. And the reason I learned about EF is really because I, I studied abroad myself when I was in college. And I lived in Cape Town, South Africa for six months. Wow. And I grew up in a small town, very much like a small town in Uh, Massachusetts, but a small town in Connecticut. And I was very much in a bubble my whole life. And I knew there was a lot more out there, but it took me getting on a plane and going 24 hours on a plane to the other side of the world to Cape Town, South Africa to truly find myself. It sounds cheesy, but it's true to find myself Mm. to see that there's, you know, people from all of these different places all over the world that I could connect with, that I had things in common with, that I didn't have things in common with, that I could learn from them and just experiencing and actually living in and immersing myself in a different culture. I came back to college and that was following my senior year. I, I kept telling my family and friends, you know, I I can't get a desk job. I can't do that. (laughs) I need to keep traveling. (laughs) I was completely bit by the travel bug and a family friend had recommended I look at education first and, thought that it would be a very fitting culture. It's a very fun, energetic culture. A lot of people like me who love to travel and want to share that experience and those learnings with other people. And I hadn't heard of it, surprisingly enough. We have over 500 schools and offices in, I think we're up to 50, 54 or 55 countries at this point wow. and 50,000 employees around the world. But I had, I had yet to hear about EF, mm. Education First. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the website and just fell in love and applied there, interviewed, and have been working at EF and really believe in the mission to open the world through education. And the way we do that is travel. So for the last seven years, I worked with teachers, parents, students, schools throughout New England to open up the world to their students and allow them these same opportunities that I was so grateful to have in college. I only wish that I had had it at a younger age. So that's what I'm trying to encourage for everyone that, that we work with. Is, is it called education first just to, to get it on the table right away that 
we're not just taking kids to the beach or we're, we're not just taking them on these fun tours or whatever is, is maybe that sort of the idea behind it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So we actually started really as a, as a language learning company back in 1963, we're still family owned and our owner Bertel Holt had always actually struggled with dyslexia. So never learned in the traditional classroom setting. He's Swedish, was born in Sweden. Most everyone else and all of his peers learned English at a young age in grade school, and he always struggled with that. And finally, when he was in college, he had an internship in London, and lo and behold, going and running and getting coffee and doing you know, the odd jobs and projects that he was, he learned English within a few months and was astounded. And no one else, no one else back, back in the day at that point in time was educating through immersive immersive travel. And he was like, there is really something to this. So we started and we're actually known in Europe and in Asia, still in Asia to this day, we're mostly known as English first. But of course, in the United States, when he brought our programs over here, we didn't need quite as much of that back in the, the 70s and 80s. And so we really started with educational travel to get American students out and experiencing other cultures and growing their perspectives. So Kirsten, your, your daughter better speak fluent French by the time she gets back <laughs> from this trip, right? So, Kirsten, tell, tell me how you view this in terms of it being a learning experience first, but I presume something that the kids really look forward to. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're very excited. And I just think, I mean, there are so many aspects of it. There's you know, the language learning, if, if you're studying French or, or Spanish or any language really in a classroom setting, I think it makes a world of difference just to get out there and visit that country and see, oh, yeah, they, here are people who use this to communicate on a daily basis. And that, that I think, in and of itself is so useful and motivating. And, I you know, to see... All the different, I mean, whether it's culture, art, history, trying different foods, just just seeing, you know, there are there are people in other parts of the world, and you know, so in some in a lot of ways they live like I do, and in a lot of ways they they live in different ways. So that that just opens their eyes. Yeah, um, I mean, that we to the world. Yeah, anyone who's done the slightest bit of traveling knows it. It's you you just get it when you're there, the example I'd use is, you know, I grew up going to Hebrew school and hearing the story of Masada told over and over and over again. And eventually it's, it's just kind of static. It's like, yeah, I get it. They lived up there and they had to fight off the Romans and yeah, yeah, yeah. You read it in a book. It's not the same. I got a chance to, I got a chance finally to go there, you know, later in life when my youngest son was being bar mitzvahed in Israel and to go to Masada and see it, it just, blows your mind to think about the stuff that happened there while you're standing there. I mean, that's, that's really the incredible thing. Maggie, have there been, Maggie, have there been moments like this on your trip where the, the, you can like see it in the kid's eyes that it's really coming to life? Oh, so sometimes you can see it in their jaws because they just hit (laughs) hit the floor. That's honestly my favorite part. I've been lucky over the years. I've gone on a number of tours. We have, I've gone on one of our scholarship tours with, with a group of students where I was chaperoning and just that one was to Italy. And you know, you've, you've learned about, they've learned about Rome and Italy and ancient civilizations, but to see their eyes light up when they are standing in front of the Colosseum and getting that tour or doing a gladiator experience and actually like engaging in what they've learned about 
it's it's just unbelievable. Like I get goosebumps just talking about it. But I also think for me, I've really seen it make such an impact too in the teachers and chaperones and adults that travel with us. I think you can learn by traveling at absolutely any age. Mm-hmm. I think it definitely is is a pivotal moment for teens. It really helps develop their independence, their confidence, their maturity. And I think especially helps them like feel ready to go to college or feel, learn more about themselves and their own interests and what they might want to pursue as a career or in furthering their education. So I, I have really seen it all. I actually heard from a retired teacher today who reached out just to share that he was in touch with a student, got in touch with him on Facebook the other day. And he literally went on a trip with this teacher 15 years ago and he mm. found his teacher on Facebook, sent him a message and just said, you know, I want to let you know how impactful the trip that you did to France was because he was a French teacher. Wow. And I've since studied Fran- French in college. I've, I studied abroad both years and now I'm pursuing a career in understanding other cultures and, and kind of looking and traveling and writing through an anthropological lens. So that? it was just it's moments like that that we hear about every single day from teachers where and group leaders the impact is just so powerful and so enormous that they're having on every student even if you don't see it in the moment i think travel has that ability to keep you thinking and the cross cultural connections that you can make even when you return home it just kind of opens up everyone's world to to think more critically I think we need that now more than ever. Oh, we have a clip here from your last trip to the Coliseum. <laughs> are you not entertained? How did you get that of me? Are you not entertained? Yes. Is that why you are here? <laughs> Thank you, Russell Crowe. Could not That's resist. Great. So, Kirsten, tell me, have you have you thought about how things will be different on the trip that you're planning as per usual trips? Or do we presume that next year things completely back 100% to normal? Well, nobody has a crystal ball, but this is something to look forward to, which I think we we all kind of need something to look forward to right now. And, and you know, who knows what it's going to look like mm-hmm. next year, honestly, but maybe some things will, will be what we think of as back to normal and other things might not, you know, but do I th- do I think that that travel is is going to be possible a year from now? Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Got to. I mean, yes. it's it's, pos- it's I mean, possible now. It's just different. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so that's that's part of what I think is important here too is is to show young people you know the world is is still open, you know, because I I just think for them a year is such an incredibly long time. It is. We, you know, we, we, you know it's, I don't think I've heard that point brought up that it, in a matter of speaking, the pandemic, it affects everybody. But in a manner of speaking, it affects younger people sort of worse because like, yeah. you know, my son, my younger son graduated Sharon High, but he graduated during a pandemic. So he missed prom. He missed his senior season of Ultimate Disc where he was the captain of the team and he missed some milestone stuff. And then he basically missed first semester of, of college. And that sucks. And if it could, if, yeah. it, if it keeps going, then they, they miss a lot of the stuff that you, you kind of, let's face it, you can't really get it back. I was on, I was, I, I believe on an, an EF trip as a chaperone when the Sharon eighth grade went to Washington, 
right? Oh, Is that yes. where my, yeah. So my, my, I have a son and Kirsten may know this, but Maggie, you don't. I have, I have a son, Adrian, who has autism. He's now he's 22. He's doing great, but he always needs a little help. And so I went on the trip with him as basically his personal chaperone. But hey, I got a free trip to uh, Washington. And uh, it was great. It was, you know, you hit all the monuments and all the stuff that you wanted to. He did a lot of it without me, along with his school where I, I forget what I did during the day. I probably went back to sleep. But anyway, and, but there was always fun activities. There were fun dinners. It was a lot of togetherness plus learning. And then the whole eighth grade sang Adrian happy birthday on his birthday. I remember that because that, that Aww, was, yeah, yeah, at, at, at breakfast one day. And then the other thing I remember about it is the, the buses are part of the experience. Let's, I mean, you know, that's, what, what is it? Eight hours, I guess, from, from here. Yeah, to, if you take the bus to DC about that. <laughs> yeah, we had a heroic bus driver who made what was a abrupt yet, yet safe, quick turn detour to avoid traffic. And our bus showed up back in Sharon, like literally two hours before the other buses because he, he sniffed out a traffic jam. This has nothing to do with EF per se, but we called it the great, <laughs> the great Delaware detour because that's where he was when he made the tour. Anyway, okay. so before we move on to a quick edition of, of Good Stuff, Maggie, tell people how they can support your organization, what they can know about that. Yeah, so I, I think really, you know, we came on here to talk about how important we think these trips are. As yep. I said, you know, I think they're monumental, especially to students who, like you said, both of you have experienced as parents how much your own children have lost out on this year. And I think even just like human connection and connecting to other places, other cultures, that is so important. So we want to be able to give that to more people. You know, Kirsten is graciously leading and taking the charge on this phenomenal program to Paris, Provence, and Barcelona in April, April break for Massachusetts of 2022. We do have, Kirsten has created an Instagram and there is a website, both that we can share with you. So if anyone is interested in learning more about the tour itself, what they'll see, what they'll do, the dates, any of our safety protocols or any any of the nitty gritty details that are just as important that people might have questions about, that is all on the website. So, so we your web, share, should they yeah. go to eftours.com? They should go to eftours.com. And then for Kirsten's tour, it's backslash 245-2209DB. Oh, that's really easy to remember. I'll, <laughs> yeah, it's very easy to remember. They don't gonna... have to write it down. So if they're listening in their car, I think what might be easier is is Kirsten us sharing the Instagram. Well, no, you, sure. I will put all this information in the show notes. So if you're listening to this podcast, just look in the show notes. You all know how to do that. You kind of swipe up and all the links will be there. Book ahead. Tell me what the Instagram handle is. It's Paris underscore Barcelona mm -hmm. 2022. Perfect. Now that is and, easy to remember. Yeah, and in that bio, there's the EF Tours link where they can see all of the details from the itinerary, what's included, safety, educational value of the program, as well as pricing and how to enroll. So we know it's been an unprecedented year. That's the word of the year as well, unprecedented. Right. And with a little bit of uncertainty still out there, of course, we want to give people extra flexibility, but we also would love to allow them to sign up for the best price and have the most time to pay. I love it. It's an, it's an yeah. offer you simply can't refuse. So yeah, the, the main website for EF is EFTours.com, but look in the show notes for the Instagram handle and figure out how to support Kirsten's efforts. 
and Maggie's efforts, and they're all wicked good efforts, and we all just want to get on a train or a plane and just get out of here and go someplace. And so God bless you guys for doing it in an educational way. All right, I promised a quick round of good stuff before we go, so let's play good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. I think both of my guests were dancing a little bit. That's another thing we haven't done in more than a year is dance. I mean, other than around your apartment, you know, in your bathrobe, which uh, I don't do, but I understand some people do. Anyway, <laughs> so for good stuff, our guests recommend, and then I recommend something good to brighten our listeners' day. Uh, Kristen, I'm going to let you go first. Do you have something to recommend? Okay. For good pizza, we really like Chateau Restaurant. Oh. We one in Norwood. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fan of the Chateau. My son, Adrian's a huge fan of the Chateau. And I don't know, even know if I've gotten pizza there. So the pizza's pretty good there. I know the, to- the note for the toasted ravioli. Pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That- oh, I mean, so far, anything I've had there is good, to be honest. All right. The Chateau in Norwood, not a sponsor of this show. But nonetheless, you get the, you get the shout out. That's a good one. Maggie, how about you? That's a good one. All right. I'm going in a different direction. Can't Mm -hmm. go wrong with pizza, but I'm going the dog route. So Mm -hmm. I was one of the many people that got a a dog through quarantine. Mm -hmm. Best decision of my life. A lot of work um, in terms of everything. Is that your dog? No, that's not her dog. That's my sound effect. (laughs) Yes. Um, What's your dog? What's your dog's name? My dog's name is Harry. (laughs) Harry. Okay. Harry, Harry the pug. And uh, um, yeah, in terms of something good to support, I really I I donate to Bunny's Buddies, Mm -hmm. UNNYS Buddies, Mm -hmm. and they are an organization that rescues dogs from slaughterhouses, shelters, and the streets in China and South Korea, and actually fly them over to the United States. So they're known most for golden retrievers. They rescue a lot of goldens and labs and, and dogs that are very popular here in the States. And I am just a dog person through and through. I think they make everything in the world a little better. And I, I kind of prefer them to, to humans at times because they just love you unconditionally and are so happy to see you all the time. They make everything better. So I think that everyone should, you know, have one or at least donate to a good cause. That bunnies, yeah, if you're looking for bunnies, buddies, it's bunnies, buddies with no apostrophes in there. It's just bunnies, buddies, dot org and so check that out that's great yeah my my girlfriend got a dog probably just a couple months before the pandemic hit but i had never been a dog person i think i'm still allergic to dogs grew up allergic to dogs couldn't do it right and now i i just i just love this dog i love my little kobe he's he's my best friend and you're right it never gets old all the stupid things that i heard dog people say to me before that i was like yeah right yeah right they're all true they love you unconditionally they they're loyal they're fun. They're lovable. They're like stuffed animals come to life. That's what's so cool about they them. They are. Yeah. They bring so much joy and love into into every moment. Yeah. The, what the, kind of dog is Kobe? He's a cavapoo, I think. Oh, adorable. Yeah. Just he yeah. He, he looks like a, a stuffed animal you would you would win at the circus. And yeah. It, yeah. And, I, my boyfriend's family in Situate has a cavapoo. Shout oh, out yeah? to Sophie. Okay. <laughs> Sophie. <laughs> Listening. Uh, all right. Well, we have to translate it to dog then. This is what's just, just okay. <laughs> You got that, Sophie? Okay. Recommend a documentary. I just saw keeping on the theme of education, I guess. Although this is, I can't say you're going to have a ton of fun watching this documentary, but it's super interesting. It's called Seaspiracy. And I think I'll let the trailer speak for itself. Take a little listen to the trailer for Seaspiracy. 
My name is Ali. I've been fascinated with the ocean for as long as I can remember. But this romantic vision that I always had of the ocean completely changed. I was forced to confront a side of the story I never knew. A story of just how huge our impact on the seas had become. Where are the big environment groups? They are deliberately not engaging with the most important issue of all. Can you turn off the cameras? Thanks. Would you say there's any safety concerns for me making this film? So this is on Netflix. That's just a little taste. This guy who was just has a love of the sea decides to make this documentary, and what was supposed to be just kind of about his love for the sea turns out to be this kind of dark documentary where you find the ugly truth behind the fishing industry all over the world. He gets pushback from people who don't want him shooting images of whatever they're doing. Some of them are are just sort of blatantly illegally fishing for endangered species. Some of them are fishing where they shouldn't be. And then, then there's the whole thing about sustainability where you think it's something as sustainable, really a very small portion of, of fish of the fish industry is sustainable. You think that fish farms where they, 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 you know, breed fish, you think those are safe. Those aren't necessarily safe. So you might not eat fish again after you watch this, but super, super interesting. So Seaspiracy on Netflix. Have you guys seen that? No? I haven't seen it, but a friend actually just recommended it. I have a friend who's also passionate about the ocean and cleaning up plastics, and she's lived in Thailand and now Hawaii, and she posts a lot of educational information about the ocean, and she had recommended this. So it's it's definitely on my list, yeah. Yeah, and, and then the sad thing is some of the like agencies that will approve whether you're sustainable or not they may be being funded by the fish industry and so uh, kind of in cahoots and everything anyway but it's 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 a good it's a good doc just watch it and then try to forget it the next time you have jumbo shrimp or you know <laughs> halibut or something like that yeah. um that's all the time we have on the show hope you guys had fun yes anything anything we left out i think we covered it right I think we covered it. We All just right. hope that yeah. some of the listeners are, are interested and excited to get back into the world, to connect with other people, to connect with other cultures, and join this amazing group in Paris, Provence, and Barcelona. And check it out at Paris underscore Barcelona 2022 on Instagram. Awesome. Magnifique. Oh, c'est quel dommage pandemic. COVID-19. No, how, how do you say 19 in French? I only speak in petit oh. peu to friend. To, yeah. You gotta, you guys gotta take me to Paris to clean this whole thing up. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment. If you want your own podcast, go to pod six one seven dot com to get started. On behalf of my new friends Kirsten and Maggie and all the good folks at EF, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston who'll hopefully be traveling away from Boston soon. But if you're not from Boston, You must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) 